After further review, as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. <laughs> he is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXU. Welcome back to 88.3 WGTs. After further review, we've got David the Man of God Harris on the phone lines. We just got done talking a little bit of college football storylines. Yeah. Kind of went a little f- too far. I didn't yeah, we, long-winded. Yeah, I mean, it's, it pretty much just shows why we have to, every year, devote an entire show to our college football preview, which that'll be, that'll be coming within the next couple of weeks. We'll just kind of break down Power 5 conferences. I'm going to throw some... Vegas numbers on like over unders and point spreads at you guys. Uh, it'll be it'd be a whole show devoted to college football, and it's going to be fun. That'll be coming within the next couple of weeks, especially since the season opener is two weeks from today, and the biggest game on that slate is Miami and Florida. So your Gators open up the season uh, in what's technically week zero, Derek. Week zero. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a, yeah, they open up August twenty fourth, so Okay. So that's something will that's something that's something that's gonna become probably in the next couple of weeks. Enough of that. Now we get to the uh the National Football League. The pros. So now, David, we have your AFC North preview. Go ahead. All right, so we're going to do it a little bit differently. Instead of going from first to worst, we're going to go from worst to first. All okay. right, we go. For those that are new to the program, key loss, key gain, my one big question for the team, and then my prediction. And so the worst team in the AFC North, we, of course, have to stay in Ohio and go south a couple hours to Cincinnati. <laughs> Even though they got a new coach, and first time in 16 years. Yeah, and that kid is actually my key game for the Bengals mm-hmm. because you have, you know, 16 years of changing the philosophy, trying to get this whole entire new system. But then it's also not just that kid. You have a new defensive coordinator in there, and so how's the defense going to look? We know kind of weapons-wise what they have in terms of personnel. But you have this young head coach coming from the you know, Sean McVay quote unquote tree out in St. Louis, or excuse me, LA Rams. And it's like, okay, what are we going to see from him? And so that's actually my big question for Cincinnati. Like in this post Marvin Lewis era, what does this team going to look like? Is it just going to be more of the same where it kind of have some decent running backs, you know what to expect from Andy Dalton? But it's just going to be a kind of a pass attack. We know A.J. Green's injured, so he's going to be sidelined at least probably the first month of the season. So how's that going to affect your productivity? Like, there's, there's a lot of questions and a lot of turnover, but I think a lot of people are actually waiting to see kind of how this team will look. And I think as with every team, that third preseason game is going to be a good indication of what to expect. 
So you're getting the Bengals last. I, I agree with that one. I, uh, but what about the the basically the red rifle, or as Colin Carhart likes to call it, the red BB gun? Is ninth season Andy Dalton? Is he on the quote unquote hot seat as the QB? Yeah, and he should be on the hot seat, but I don't think it's more of his production. I think it's more of kind of not being able to really stay healthy. I mean, if you look at two of his two losses for the Bengals in the offseason, you draft the lineman with your first-round pick, but then he has a season any shoulder surgery before you can even see him out on the field for a preseason game. Another veteran guard, Clint Bowling, he retires. And so you're already depleted at a position or at a unit on the offensive line where you need to keep them upright. And they have, you know, plug-and-play gaps they can do some things, but Andy Dalton's not getting that much younger. And, yes, you bring in some quarterbacks to kind of sit behind them and you never know what you want to keep from the backup. But you hate to say that this is a put-up-or-shut-up year because Andy Dalton's just kind of been middle of the road. But, yeah, maybe it's time for you to just kind of New head coach, wipe the slate, and just start all over fresh. But we don't know because you know, his number one target is going to be out for a month. And we know that you know, tight ends aren't really the most reliable. You have a couple wide receivers. John Ross is kind of a feature, but you don't know what you want to get from him. Tyler Boyd. Ty- yeah, Tyler Boyd. He's in okay, but is he really ready to step into a number one position? There's a lot of questions with this match. Yeah, I I would actually agree. This team is not is not going to be very good at all. I mean, I think Andy Dalton is kind of getting onto his last legs as well. And I mean, they don't. I mean, here's what they have behind. They have Jeff Driscoll. Who, I didn't even know that he was in Cincinnati. I knew he was in San Fran for a hot minute. It's, uh, and then Ryan Finley, who they I think they drafted on NC State. Yeah, I mean, fourth rounder. Yeah, you got. I mean, their running back hacks are there's quality there with Joe Mixon. Gio Bernard is kind of the shines wore off him, but he's still solid. Travion Williams, who they, I think they took out of Texas A and M. Not long ago, and Rodney Anderson out of Oklahoma, although he's got injury concerns. I mean, your receivers, I mean, you mentioned A.J. Green out. John Ross, kind of an unknown. Tyler Boyd is solid. Beyond that, you have tight end Tyler Eifert. He's perpetually hurt. (laughs) Yeah. So there's there's not much there. I mean, you look at some of their guys on defense. Hence, Geno Atkins has been around for a while. Well, uh, their secondary, you've got uh, Dre Kirkpatrick and Darquez Denard, <laughs> the no-fly zone. Oh, although I, I didn't even realize this guy was uh, it was with the Bengals, and that was uh, former Western Michigan uh, and speed demon Darius Phillips, who was mm-hmm. known for scoring a lot of knots. Non-offensive touchdowns. <laughs> so it's good to know that he's landed somewhere. So I mean, so we know that we we're all agreeing with the Bengals are being last, but from but I'd say the top three. That's a t- that's a tough call, David. Who 
Who do you think ends up in the third spot? Is it going to be a team from the same state? They may not like it, but yeah, we're just going to go a couple hours away. Even Brown's in third place, in my prediction. And I understand all the hype. I understand all the, you know, kind of talking and, you know, writing checks and, you know, trying to be brash and cocky and arrogant. But in this league, talking trash doesn't get you victory. It's what's on the field. And until this team wins something, and I'll just kind of get right to my one big question, like, can you back up all this trash talk? That you're talking. Can you back up all this kind of self-proclaimed, non-earned arrogance of now everyone thinks that this team is going to go ten and six, eleven and five? Like no. Like Baker Mayfield is a rookie. Yeah, he had a great rookie season, but everyone has a sophomore slump, no matter who how good you are. Yes, Odell Beckham was a top ten wide receiver in this league, but has he won anything? No. So now you're getting you know shoring up your defense that was a decent unit last year. Yeah, but. We don't know what we're going to get from Sheldon Richardson. We don't know what we're going to get from Olivier Vernon. Your secondary is still a question, even though you drafted two kind of, you know, you drafted Greedy Williams to kind of replace his award. Or not replace, but kind of line up alongside him in that secondary because he didn't look that good last year. You take a gamble on Kareem Hunt. You get rid of Duke Johnson. It's like, you have all these pieces that are nice. And if, if this was Madden or fantasy football, yeah, we would say 10 and 6, 12 and 5, but we don't win games on paper. Like, championships aren't won on paper because if that was the case, New England wouldn't have half championships they have. Yeah, I mean, I see what you're, I see what you're getting at, David. I mean, my, my, my thing for the Browns is, yeah, they have, they have talent there, but... I think there's too many egos because, I mean, you look at, I mean, look, I love Baker Mayfield as a player. Guy guy works hard. He's good at what he does. I mean, granted, I know people in Lawrence, Kansas and Columbus, Ohio probably still don't like him, but, you know, he, you know, the guy, the guy's going to, he said, you know, I'm going to go out there, work hard, bust my ass and get you a win, do whatever I got to do. I mean, I, I, I respect that about him. Um, I mean, your running back situation, Kareem Hunt's still suspended for the first part of the season. I know you'll get him in later. How are you going to survive those first, like, eight games or so without him? And then you got Nick Chubb. I mean, you got rid of Duke Johnson, who would who basically was going to be chopped liver once Hunt came back. And you got... I mean, your receivers, I mean, Jarvis Landry can be, eh. Odell Beckham, we know, can be kind of a diva as well. Antonio Callaway is suspended for substance abuse. So, I mean, you've got, there's a lot of options there. There's a lot of offensive weapons. But, again, there's only one football to go around. How many of those got, you got to hope that a lot of those guys don't turn into them. Be all about me. I gotta get, I gotta have the ball in my hands every time. I'm, and then it causes problems in the locker room. That's probably the biggest concern, Hearn, for me. For the Browns, do I think that they are capable of making the playoffs? I absolutely do. But again, you gotta get past all the, you gotta make sure that your egos can cooperate with each other. Guys can be united to do, all get together, do a job. 
uh, and get it done. So that's my that's my thoughts on the Browns. So now I have I have a feeling where you're gonna go with the next team team, and it's going to be either it's probably gonna be the team that you uh, hate the most. Is that right? Well, I mean, you're kind of right, but it's kind of more about the fan base at this moment. And it happens to be my fan base. And so the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be second in the division. Oh, okay. And so for me, obviously, you know, Antonio Brown, now in Oakland, Le'Veon Bell, even though he wasn't here all of last year, he's going to be, he's in New York. And so, you, okay, you draft Devin Bush to kind of help re-energize that that linebacker unit, you draft Benny Snell, who can kind of be a change of pace back to back up James Conner, who had a stellar year kind of leading the helm last year. But for me, the one big question, and you kind of talked a little bit about it with the egos in Cleveland, how much is the ego of Ben Roethlisberger and management and ownership and a lot of the Steelers fan base going to impact the success of the team? Because of the egos of that fan base, and the egos of Ben Roethlisberger in particular, we don't have a top five wide receiver. We don't know if all the foot stuff and the helmet issues will come up in Pittsburgh. We, that's, that's you know one of those what is for a later day. But what we know is that because of the ego of the quarterback and the decision of management to side with an aging quarterback when the rest of the league is saying, hey, we have all these old quarterbacks, let's draft someone to be the heir apparent. We drafted Mason Rudolph last year to be that heir apparent. But now we signed Ben Roethlisberger to a two-year extension, which means we have this aging quarterback who's clearly degressed. And literally no one else seems to see it. But all of a sudden, oh, we have a diva wide receiver. We have a diva running back. Meanwhile, we want to protect the diva quarterback. And I think the problem that I have is that you got everyone the teams in the fan base have seen you sacrifice team success over the egos of a quarterback who hasn't won Jack Fleet. And yes, you can say it's part Toblin for head coaching. You can say it's part of the defense for not stepping up. But we can't get past New England. So if you're getting rid of the star running back, you're getting rid of the star wide receiver, doesn't it make sense to get rid of the old aging quarterback, put him off the pasture. Let's let's try to rebuild if we're actually going to rebuild this thing. Mm-hmm. And so my fear is that I'm going to have to sit through another season of a neurotic and arrogant fan base thinking that this old quarterback is going to lead them to a Super Bowl. When our old, old, old quarterback doesn't <laughs> have the medical facilities that happen in Boston that are keeping Tom Brady young. I could rant more, but you guys get the game. Yeah, we, we get it. We get it. So who's number one in this conference? Obviously, he's going with the Ravens. Yeah, I'm going with Baltimore to win this division. Even though they lost a lot of their veteran defensive leaders, Terrell Suggs, they did Mosley, Eric Weddle. They did add Earl Thomas. Yeah, and I think he'll be a significant piece to the upgrade in terms of the secondary and the kind of replenish some of the veteran leadership, but it's still going to be hard, especially in that linebacker core. And then looking at offensively, kind of adding Mark Ingram, 
kind of to help with the rushing attack and in that kind of plug and play with its kind of running back. But for me, my one big question for the Ravens is that with the offensive coordinator Greg Roman coming in and him really being the catalyst for the offensive running attack last season, is Lamar Jackson going to basically run read option? Is it going to be similar to what Kaepernick ran in San Francisco and RG3 did in Washington? Or is he actually going to develop as a passer? Because I think this season is going to determine what kind of quarterback Lamar Jackson is and kind of what kind of offense the Baltimore Ravens are going to run from here on out. Because if they're going to be a run-heavy attack, you have Collins and now you have Mark Ingram, are we going to start seeing some read options? Are we going to see a lot of play action, a lot of kind of run first? And granted, the physicality of this division is run first, especially when you get to November and December. But we know if those legs get hit, anything can happen. Yeah, I mean, I personally, I'm not really sold on Baltimore winning the division because I think teams are now getting, got that tape on Lamar Jackson and they're going to probably catch up to him. I mean, Baltimore is pretty much going to just be ground and pound, ground and pound, and with all else fails, you ground and pound. So, I mean, they've got a nice stable of running backs with Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards, Justice Hiller, rookie, and Kenneth Dixon. you got some nice pieces there. I mean, their receivers, Miles Boykin, the rookie out of Notre Dame, is... A nice little piece you got out as well. And they got a cup. I think they've got a very underrated tight end combo in Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst. So, but we shall see. I mean, on their on the defensive side, Earl Thomas back there. There, but I mean the rest of the but I mean up front in their front seven, I'm not entirely sold on, but I mean I I um yeah. This division for me, Dave, is real. It's tough to pick a winner because the top three teams—I mean, the, the Ravens, the Browns, and the Steelers—you can, I think, you can make a case for any one of them to win. But again, like you and I both said, there's question marks everywhere. You got, you got personalities in Cleveland. You got personalities in Pittsburgh, Baltimore. There doesn't appear to be as many personalities, but is Lamar Jackson going to go through a sophomore slump? I mean, this, this is this is the toughest division for me to pick, but I think we're all the only thing we can agree on is that the Bengals are going to be dead last. Is that right? Yeah, and so for in terms of my records, I have the Bengals going five and eleven. I have the Browns going eight and eight, and then I have both the Steelers and the Ravens going ten and six. And so divisional tiebreakers, and you know how many touchdowns did you score when it was snowing and all that tiebreaker stuff that the NFL does. I think the Ravens get that edge in the tiebreaker. Yeah, I'm pretty much in the department where I think, I think the, you know, I think the Steelers will bounce back because I think, I think I think they'll probably win the division because I don't think there's really anyone that's going to take it and run. I could see Cleveland getting up to second. Baltimore probably third, and then the Bengals will be down in the basement. Mm. Derek, how about you? I'm gonna have to agree with you, but I, 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 I think it's gonna be Steelers one, Ravens two, Browns three, 
Bengals fourth. Yeah. I'll, I'll switch that one. I think the Steelers still have a little bit in the tank. But that two and that three, though, as well, it could be Steelers, Browns, Ravens, Cincinnati. I think we can all can agree that the Bengals are butt, and they're going to be last. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, there's, like, no clear. There's no clear. I mean, you got you can make a case for any one of those, of the Steelers, Ravens, and Browns to win the division, but at the same time, you look at their fuzz, like, this team is going to be a division winner. I mean, it's just hard, it's hard to to decide that so it's definitely going to be very interesting so I guess that will conclude it for the AFC North I know we've only got like about five minutes left to David so David any final thoughts yeah I really hope I'm wrong of course that the Steelers do win the division but I'm I'm just I really hope that Ben Roethlisberger can actually get his mind right and actually do something productive and not train rails and derail his team. That, that is true. Well, David, we're gonna, we're gonna uh, get out of this segment, then we talk a little Rich Paul, and you know, out of here, right? You got time? Yep. Okay. So what we do is once again the AFC North preview. I think all we have left is what the South next week, and that's it with the preview. AFC South, and then the NFC West. NFC, yeah, two left. Wow, time is going by fast, and the regular season begins in September. Hmm. Uh, Yo, Packers and Bears. Oh, my. That'll be interesting. (laughs) Anyway, we'll take a quick commercial break. Talk about Rich Paul and the Rich Paul rule. Have you heard about the Rich Paul rule, Frank, or have you been living under a rock? I mean, I've heard it mentioned. I haven't really uh, looked too much in depth into it. I'm going to let you, I'll let you and David kind of fill me in. Okay, well, we'll talk about that and more here on 88.3 WTs. After further review, they just keep putting in now commercials now on everything on these YouTube. Yeah, you got to have YouTube premium to not have commercials. No, but you pay for it, don't you? Yeah, well, you got to pay for everything these days, so (laughs) what are you going to do? All right, we'll have a quick commercial break. Talk a little bit of Rich Paul next here on 88.3 WCTs after further review.